Hello and welcome back to the final episode of season four. I cannot believe how fast this season has gone. I have just had so much fun talking to all my special guests and entertaining you guys and also hearing all of your beautiful feedback. It seems that you guys have been enjoying it as much as I have making it. So thanks for sticking around and I hope I've kept you entertained. I've loved every second. So a massive, massive thank you to our sponsor this season, uh, Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. They've been amazing. Um, yes, I know lots of you have seen me splashing about in my, <laughs> in my hot tub in my garden and I've just had the best time in it. And to have their support over this season has just been epic so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you uh to bedfordshire hot tubs if you haven't got one yet or if you're thinking about maybe uh investing please do go check them out they're super helpful and uh even if you're not too sure you think they're a lot of upkeep i can promise you now they're not um but go and give them a call um or check them out on instagram bh tubs uh, and they will give you all the information you need and just give Jim a big hello and a hi and I'm sure it will help you out. So a big thank you to them. Um, so I have a very special episode as our season four finale. We actually went to the Theatre Cafe um, about a month or so ago now and I did a very special live event and I had three special guests come along and chat to me and uh, all thanks to the lovely Theatre Cafe who hosted us. And if you haven't been down there yet, please do go and check them out. They're in uh, central London, um, all in the theatre district. And uh, they've got lots of merch and lovely theatre posters and lots of signed um, bits and pieces, memorabilia around the, the cafe. And it's just so much fun, so go and check them out. So up first, we have a very good friend of mine. Um, we worked together on a show called Wicked. She has uh, played Carol King in, in the show Beautiful and is currently starring in And Juliet. I can't wait for you to hear this chat. Welcome, Cassidy Johnson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming. It's lovely to see you. <laughs> thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited. Hello. Oh. It's Sunday. I know. And you know what? It's really lovely of you to be here with us today because you've got two, not one, but two shows this afternoon. Ooh. Tell them what show you're doing at the I'm moment. I'm doing a play. I'm doing The Mousetrap, mm. which is lovely. It's the, the world's longest running show, which I never, ever thought I'd be in. So it's really, I feel very lucky. Really. So how's it been for the last year for you? Because you <laughs> were, I know, it's been mental for all of us, yeah. but um, and we've all had different struggles, but you've actually been quite busy, really. You were doing a show when the lockdown hit. I was, I was doing Anne Juliet, yeah. And how was that? Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's funny. Like, it's, it's like telling war stories now, isn't it? Like, mm. what happened the day <laughs> for you? And um, for Anne Juliet, we were getting ready to do the show, um, and we were on stage doing warm up. And then the company manager, Jackie Morgan, came on stage and just said, um, "We've been advised by the Society of London Theatres to close the show tonight, along with the rest of the country." It was just so strange. Mm. You know, it's just very eerie. And and when we've come back for certain events to sort of check out the theatre, you know, the water bottle from the 16th of March is still <gasps> at the side of the stage. It's like time stood still. It's oh very weird. Oh my God. Yeah. Because you, you're, you're doing a show at the moment, but you're going to go back into Anne Juliet, aren't you? How does that feel? Because obviously this is something we've never experienced before. Usually you go into a show, you do your contract and you might stay for a year and then you leave and then, but to have such a huge break in the middle of it, mm. How does that feel? 
It's funny, actually, we had a, a photo shoot for Anne Juliet on Tuesday, because to, to, there's some new cast members going in. And it is weird to sort of think that normally by this point, if the pandemic hadn't happened, we'd all have been long gone. Mm, yeah. And the fact that we're all coming, well, most of us are coming back to it. Um, it's kind of lovely. It was lovely seeing everyone interact the way mm. they did. Like everyone was going straight back into the banters Aww. and the, you know, the, the digs, you know, the friendly digs. Mm. And it was just lovely watching everyone um, just go straight back into to how we are with each other as mm. theatre people. You know, we have this sort of uh, respect and love for each other. And um, it was just sort of lovely seeing the group. I think we've all missed group interactions <sighs> and human behaviours that are... Mm sort of been banned, you know, not allowed to hug, not allowed to show affection. And I think the fact that we can start to show it now, I think, I don't know about anybody here, but my my sort of psyche is healing just from being able to spoon someone. Mm. Hello. <laughs> you know. But you, we were talking downstairs before, before we came up here and we talk about just being creative with people and being able to provide a service that makes other people feel something is so important. And to be starved of that for a year for us and for people that come and watch <laughs> aka you um has been really difficult i mean what have you done in the last year <coughs> and a half i can't believe i'm still saying that to kind of keep yourself mentally positive and or mentally creative or just or busy i guess um good question it's funny because thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um uh, again, I, I'm sort of throwing this out to the room a little bit. Um, because there was lack of physical location mm -hmm. over the last year, so when you get asked, what did you do? It almost feels like Groundhog Day happened because you can't latch when something happened to a physical location. You've always been sat on your sofa. Mm -hmm. And you're like, did that happen three months ago or a week ago? And I can't remember what happened. So it sort of messes with your memory a bit. But <laughs> going on, I think... Um, I got very lucky. I got asked to do a few things. I got to do ask that Leave a Light on, oh which was the yes. Jamie Lambert concerts, which were wonderful. Um, I got to ask, you know, like you, <laughs> the London Coliseum. Which um, were, were live, um, streamed. live and then streamed. They were beautifully shot. Mm. The Coliseum, I don't know about you, but when I walked on that stage, I cried because oh. it was August, so we'd been shut down since March, and the Coliseum is so beautiful. And they'd everything was being filmed with the auditorium in the backdrop and they lit the auditorium mm. so it looked stunning and it's so big and so vast and it was you know i was going through a breakup as well at the time and um, i sort of walked on the stage and i was just like <laughs> it's so beautiful <laughs> and um, i had quite an emotional gig i don't know about you when yeah, you did yours absolutely it was, it was very like oh god i really miss and love mm. this so much and yeah. i think when you obviously we all love what we do that's why we've been doing it so long but having it taken away mm. and having it, it's, I don't know, it's not quite like this, but I suppose it's like having a family member or someone that you love and just seeing it be treated so bad mm. has been really painful. Yeah. Really painful. And, uh, <coughs> uh, you know, you've had such a career, you've just gone from job to job to job. Uh, and this industry can be quite difficult sometimes when you're w waiting to find the next adventure or whatever that is. And sometimes there can be breaks. You haven't had that really. You've been busy the whole time, and then to have this enforced break, mm. I know for myself it came very difficult. It's why I started to do things like keep calm, carry on, and like you know get creative in other ways. And how 
did you find that the same or not really? I, found, I don't know about you, the first six weeks, I was having a Amazing. Time. <laughs> I'm resting. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice not to be glued to my phone checking that I've missed any emails. So for six weeks, I was like, is that my agent? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice. Though, but, um, you know, because it's, you know, like, like everything in life, there are pros and cons. Being busy all the time is lovely because you're always yeah. earning and you've got things to do, but you never quite get to catch up with yourself. Mm. So for that first six weeks of lockdown, it was genuinely delightful. And then, you know, I think the, the moment for me that got a bit rough was my boyfriend at the time, um, when uh, June sort of things started to reopen last year, he could go back to work and be quite normal. Mm. And it was suddenly that the vast chasm between normal normal jobs going back to work and what's going to happen for theatre and the arts. And mm. he it was then that I kind of got quite, I don't know, like spinny, I think's the word. Because you suddenly realise, gosh, how long is it going to be until theatres are back to normal? Yeah. That, that was a bit of a reality check for me. Yeah, yeah it's been tough for all of us. <coughs> but we're, we're coming out. You've, oh, you're coming. you've already done one show and you're about to do another one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah, um, so take, take me back a little bit to when you started, started out. What was it that got you into performing? How did you start? from what my mum told me I, I pestered her for ballet lessons when I was two mm. and um, and they and she sort of took me for a little trial lesson with the local ballet school and well not ballet but dance school in the local church hall and they said oh, I'll give her a go and apparently I was very good <laughs> so they said she's a bit young but she can actually do it so they let me start really early oh and the same thing happened with piano lessons um, I was a bit young but they said she's you know got a talent for it so they let me start a bit early and and then I and you know crediting my parents they had no idea at all they're not musical they don't really play music they, they're not they, they were like we don't <laughs> we don't know what to do with her mm. <laughs> and, um, um, but whenever I said I don't want to do it anymore they said okay and they never pushed they never and I think again pros and cons to both things if you have a parent that pushes you a little bit I probably would have been a bit technically better at things mm -hmm. Um, but it meant that I did it in my own time and it was always my decision if I said I don't want to do gymnastics anymore, that was it. Mm. You know, they'd give it a couple of weeks and I'd be like, okay, fine. So it took me a little while to sort of really dedicate myself. So it was probably when I was about 10 or 11 I went, yeah, probably this time I start doing this a bit, a bit more consistently. And you have had such an amazing <coughs> career. You really have done some of the, <laughs> some of the best shows. I mean, I have to talk to you about Beautiful because... It suddenly, you know, your face was all over the tube. <laughs> really and was I it. was like, it's always lovely when you, you know, when you've worked with somebody and then you see them doing something brilliant. It's just like, oh, it's wonderful. Was that, was beautiful a bit of a game changer for you? Because suddenly it was, it, you know, you'd done some great shows, but suddenly it was you, your face there on the tube leading this show. Yeah. Did that feel different? It, it really was. And I... Um, there were so many things about Beautiful that, you know, on a personal level, professional level, just every level of my life, it, it sort of shifted, it felt like it was a real, like, milestone in my life. And, you know, it was lovely. It was very funny having people send their pictures standing next to you against yeah. the photos and uh, the posters of the show. And, uh, and on a personal level, I, there was never a single show that I didn't go, I cannot wait to get on stage. Mm -hmm. I might have been unable to string a sentence together off stage because it's very tiring, tiring. As you know those big mm. roles but I never got tired of singing those songs I, I loved the script I thought the script was excellent the plot was great it was beautifully directed um, and I I just loved singing those songs yes. and you know like 
you know, obviously we can put our hands in many different roles, but when there's every now and then a role comes along and you go, this is like putting on a silk glove. They just, it just fitted my strengths really well and I just loved it. And I, and then out, and then, so that was my personal pleasure of doing it. And then, obviously professionally, lots of publicity around the show. Mm. I got to sing with Carol King at Hyde Park. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, that's so exciting. How was that? Oh my God. It was oh my God. <laughs> it was so. Um, it was, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, we always have a little voice in our head and I was just like, for about a week, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and then you're preparing and you're preparing and you're preparing. And then just as I was standing by the stage and she's announcing it, this voice is going, ah, and it suddenly went, Cass, enjoy, doing a puppet hand. Um, <laughs> Cass, what's the, um, what's the, don't freak out. Mm. Enjoy this because what's the point? of doing this amazing career if you're going to freak out and not enjoy it. And I went, fuck it. And if you see the um, <laughs> if you see the video of me, I'm literally like a Duracell bunny. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh well, Cast, you know, at least you were enjoying yourself. You know, like, but I did, I was, and, I, and it was lovely. But don't you find, I mean, I definitely do, the older I get, the more I... Uh, appreciate the moment like take stock of the moment because when you're younger you're going at 100 miles an hour you're going show to show to show mm. you're looking for the next thing you're not that you're not in the moment but it's you're always looking forward and i've certainly found and even more so after the last year mm. that just savoring and enjoying and, t and exactly that taking stock of that moment mm -hmm. to go i need to remember this i need to remember that i've just stood in front of thousands of people with my icons yeah. you know i mean those moments they just don't come up that often no they don't and and you do have to you know i think most of this profession is actually probably a degree in psychology, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the mental mind games we play with ourselves. Because you don't know, about you like you know, when you read about the number one or number two human fear is speaking in public, and we do it for living. <laughs> Hello. And we somehow keep circumventing this like number one human fear. We're like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, no, it's I, mad. I get it. I totally get it. It's <coughs> it is it's a mental but brilliant career and oh, and beautiful. opportunity that we get to that we get to do. And, and may I take it back? So going back to sort of what Beautiful sort of opened mm. up doors to me was then I got offered leading ladies with Beverly Knight and Elsa Riley. I was going to talk to you about oh that. Yeah. You're ahead of my game. It's Sorry. brilliant. Um, yeah, so music, uh, and before we get to your kind of debut album, um, obviously you knew Bev. You knew Bev before you did leading Not ladies? Not really. Not really. I think I'd said hello to her at um, one of the West End... <laughs> day events but that's it and she's just the most gorgeous human being um, Beverly Knight is as lovely as she comes across by the way we love her we love, love her. her so was that a bit of a change for you to this opportunity to suddenly do a music album with two other incredible vocalists yeah. to suddenly do something that's not a show that's not um, being a character suddenly you've got to be yourself how was that for you was it something you had to think about or were you just like I'm all in this is let's go it, do you know, interesting question, because um, you, uh, <laughs> Rupert Christie, let's bring up Rupert Christie. Love Rupert Christie. <laughs> <laughs> Crispy, Christie. <laughs> Which is, here's a funny story. So um, I was, before the Leading Ladies album, I was doing my own solo album. I was writing it with Rupert Christie. Now, just so you know who Rupert Christie is, he's a producer. And Kerry, <laughs> this is such a weird turn of events. Kerry used to be a lodger in his <laughs> parents' house when she was at Lane's. What are the chances? I know, I know. There we go. There we go. And um, 
He said everyone was trying to ask you out when you lived there. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you want to move in? I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) No, it's amazing. Uh, And uh, Rupert was a very young kind of musician. um, And I would see him and his brothers from time to time. And and then obviously I'd worked with him years later, but now he's like this big superstar producer. And oh, he's doing some amazing things. But I didn't realize you were doing that before. Before. So actually, when I got off the leading ladies album, I wanted to do it, but we sort of had to really make sure it wasn't going to be a cheesy, yeah, yeah, you know, naff album, and it was going to be really classy because we put about four years' work mm. into the solo album that Cassidy that came out um, afterwards. So um, it, it was funny, sort of sitting there in a record label, going, "Can we just make sure?" <laughs> but, and not meaning to be a—I wasn't being a diva. I was just making sure that it wasn't going to mess up the plans that I'd had with Rupert because yeah. the album was really. We were really proud of it. Yeah. So we sort of <laughs> were doing things like that, having these sort of meetings with the head of Warners. <laughs> going, can you tell us more about the concept of this album? And who am I? You know, like I'm just playing Carol King in town. And um, anyway, so the, the leading ladies album happened, and it was wonderful because I had been doing a lot of studio work with Rupert, and then being chucked in with Bev, who is so um, so unbelievably experienced, professional, competent. Mm. And then at the same time as being all of those things, she's so gracious and kind yes. and encouraging and supportive and validating. And um, uh, and always makes you feel like you're con- contributing, even though she's probably doing most of the work. <laughs> you know, you always feel like, oh, I put that harmony line in. She's like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and you're like, I did one line. <laughs> I mean, she really did most of it, but thanks, Beth. You know, like, she's just... And then, so going on, so you did your leading ladies, and then going on to your, you then turned it around and did your solo album. Yeah. Which you are you going to tour? Did I read that you're going to tour? Oh, later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So it's been <laughs> between your twice. musical, between your musical, your next yeah. musical, you're going to tour, of yeah. course. Well, I, I was going to tour in September this year, but that's when Anne Juliet decided to reopen. <laughs> and, um, uh, so I was like, oh, complete date clash. So um, my lovely live managers who are probably pulling their hair out by now, <laughs> they understand <laughs> that it's going to have to be put back again. And um, it's going to be, um, an, it's a tour called It All Happened in Laurel Canyon, which is a lot of Carol King-esque, Joni Mitchell, uh, Carly Simon, James Taylor, all, all that era, the mamas and the papas, and, and, uh, and a few of my originals will be chucked in there as well. And I'm very excited about doing that with my four-piece band. And where can people get tickets? We, um, it's, not on sa- <laughs> it's not on sale at the moment because we've had to um, uh, rebook everything. So it will be on sale. So just follow me on social media and it eventually will be announced. And it eventually will happen yeah. because the pandemic will eventually end. Oh, yeah. We can't wait. <laughs> Goodbye, COVID. Um, yeah. So, a couple more questions before I let you leave, because I know you have to rush off and do a show. Yeah. What's been, this is going to be probably a tough question because there's been so many, what's been, what's been the highlight of your career so far? Doesn't, big or small, but the thing that's meant the most to you? Oh, gosh. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard. It's a bit like saying, you know, who's your favourite child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I can tell you who mine is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's in different ways um, I have a very fond memory of Avenue Q Mm. I love I love doing comedy and I you know that was a really happy time at Beautiful was uh, had my heart and on on every level and also uh, and Juliet for me as well and I know that sounds you know easy to say the show I'm currently in I loved that I love playing Anne slash April because She's sort of, it's, you know, we've, you know, the angel has two faces. We've all got two sides to us. And what I love about playing Anne slash April is 
it very much was sort of augmented on each of the individual's natural personalities. So I feel like when I'm being my sort of together, sharp, clever-witted person, that's Anne. And then when I'm having my, you know, existential crisis, I'm being my own spirit animal playing April. And, and April's just bonkers. She's so lovely. I love playing her. And um, so I get to sort of play sort of two aspects of myself and, um, and get paid for it. <laughs> People come up and they're like, my, my good friends come up and they go, you know, do they know that you're playing yourself? <laughs> like, don't tell them, I think they're gonna give me an Olivier Award. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. I must come and see you. And with gorgeous Ollie Thompson as well. Oh, I can't wait to come and see yeah. you both together. Um, has there been, uh, like, what's been the toughest moment? What's been the lowest moment of your of your journey so far? Um, I don't talk about it very often, um, but I feel like I can start to touch on it a bit. I had a really bad injury, which, again, no one will know about because I don't talk about it. And um, I had a really bad marriage as well, all at the same time. And it was rough. It was really, really rough. Um, to sort of be sort of uh, gaslit by my husband and have a, a, ba a bad injury so bad I could barely walk and I, you know, I talk about it, I sort of disappeared for a few years and it was rough it was really really rough and that was definitely the roughest few years of my life yeah it was very traumatizing well, we're glad you're out of that and back and thriving and doing amazing things I have to ask you one final question before I let you leave um, that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Oh, gosh, I sound very traumatized, which I probably am, I think we all are. Um, I would probably say um, find the time to um, do a psychology degree and study people. <laughs> Because if you can assess other people, you don't get into the bad marriages, you don't get sucked into bad business deals, you can really assess other people really well and just avoid going down. Don't go down the dark tunnel, Cassidy. <laughs> don't go down there. Uh, that's what I would probably do. Oh. <laughs> well, you've brought so much light to us today. Thank you so much for being here. I absolutely adore you. Please give a huge round of applause to beautiful Cassidy Johnson. And you can take one of my... Wow, wasn't that amazing? Thank you so much, CJ. Oh, see, Cassidy Jansen, CJ is like we like to call her. Um, she's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much for coming on the show, CJ. You were absolutely beautiful. And if you guys enjoyed that, well, you're going to love this next chat. Please welcome a, another dear friend of mine. I got to go on tour with this very handsome gentleman um, with his band, Calabro. And we had the absolute, it's the time of our lives. It was so much fun. And we ended up playing at the Albert Hall on a very, very special night. So please welcome the gorgeous Michael Arga. <gasps> you bought chocolates. Oh, he knows me so well. Oh, yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, How are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> they're very quiet. I know, they're very <laughs> quiet. They're a bit scared, I think, in case they get heard on the podcast. That's what it is. Maybe we should just make some noise. Make some noise! Yeah! <laughs> See, there are people here. Thank you so much. So do you. Oh, oh, we're straight in, aren't we? Straight in. So we have this little... Uh, this. I mean, those of you that know me know I like a little fitness, like a bit of yoga and I like a bit of... 
I've tried running. I've hated running my whole life. And I've j- I wouldn't say I'm into it, but I've got over that hurdle. So I saw Michael. That, in fact, you actually inspired me to do it because I think you went for like a five-minute run and you were like, I'm going to start. And then you did. And I was like, oh, I think I could do that. So off I trot five minutes. Anyway, this is going on and on and on. He runs like 24 kilometres the other day. I was like, for goodness sake, I can't even walk, go six, let alone 24. I was like, for God's sake. Right, I'm not doing that challenge anymore. We'll um, run together. We'll see how far you can Together? Yeah. You're joking. <laughs> be like, see you later. Stay. <laughs> anyway, thank you for being here. How are you? How are things? Good. How's lockdown been Very for good, you? Thank you? Sorry, I got stopped on the way here, asked for a picture, so I had <laughs> to do that, and that's why I was a few minutes late. Sorry. Such a superstar. I love that. <laughs> that's such a superstar story. I love it. Um, yeah, so how's it been? How's it been for you? Um, the first lockdown was okay, actually. I feel like, obviously, with Calabro, we started in 2014. Um, and haven't really stopped. You know, we've been so lucky to do so many things and meet lots of you guys and travel the world. And I think the first lockdown was a moment for us all to just go, oh, okay. So the Stop. first few months seemed actually quite needed in a way. Mm. Um, but then we thought, right, okay, how, how can we utilize this? So when things started opening up again, we actually went back into the recording studio. We created a Christmas album. Um, called The Christmas Album, <laughs> which is very inventive. Clues in the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we actually wrote a song called Christmas Is Here uh, with Ben Adams, who we wrote our oh. original song, um, Lighthouse, on our third album, which is great. Which I love. It's one of my favourite songs. Yes. I, l- I used to sit in the wings and listen to them sing that on the tour. It was so lovely. So good. Yeah, I, I think it's so strange, obviously, writing a song over Zoom and Ben works so fast as well. So fast. He'll say, right, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? And I'll say, I've got this tune like... Duh, 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 duh. He's like, right, okay. That and literally, he comes up with some lyrics and it's, mm. it's really good. And it's good that he works like that because otherwise I'd go, oh, actually, can we... I'm a bit of an overthinker. I think you know from seeing me on tour. Um, but obviously, yeah, it was great to have that album out. Um, and then obviously the, the single, Christmas Is Here and obviously to go back in the studio, but this time we were all completely individual. So mm. normally we would all sit in, in, the, in the studio, we'd go in individually, but also um, we'd all be listening and giving advice. So say for example, if someone was singing a certain note, we'd say, oh, why don't you try this harmony instead or something like that. Um, but we didn't get that this time. But was that better or was it worse? <sighs> There's mixed. I think some some parts you feel less nervous because you know there's three other guys listening at the same time. But also, um, you do like that feedback because once you've come out of the studio, if you wanted to change anything or if anyone's got any opinions, you can't really do anything about it. Although what was quite nice was once someone had been into the studio, then we'd go in and you'd hear them uh, play so you could sing along. And you'd go, oh, Matt, you sounded amazing (laughs) on that song. You know, (laughs) things like that. So... Yeah, so I feel like we achieved quite a lot there. We had a little live stream. We um, we did a gig at the Phoenix Arts Club, uh, yeah. but to no audience. So we had did that to a camera and lots of people watching on um, live stream facilities. And then we were supposed to do a Christmas gig at Cadogan Hall, mm. but that was supposed to be two people, but they literally closed everything off again. So again, <laughs> it was a live stream version. And then now we're just sort of, Every so often we're thinking, right, when's the next mm. point we'll be able to open up? When's the next point? And hopefully, next Saturday, we've got... No, yeah, next Saturday, we've got our first gig again in... I keep calling them cages, but 
They're not. But they're, uh, I don't know what you... What do you call it? That sounds like another kind I of show. You get to sit in your own cage. That doesn't really work. Pen. Don't they call no, them I pens? Pen, but I think that's not right either. Cages? Where are you doing no, this gig? I've, I've now called them socially distanced viewing platforms. I like that. that that's my own thing. And where is it? <laughs> uh, Tatton Park. Okay. So not it's outdoors sure. then? Outdoors, yeah. Um, oh, is that the one with lovely Sophie and Lu Sophie uh, Lauren? And Lauren, yeah. Oh, that nice. Can't wait. We're actually going to be singing uh, A Million Dreams with Lauren and Defying Gravity with Sophie. Lovely. So we need to do it with you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sing that anymore. <laughs> um, um, uh, so I want to talk to you about your early days. I want to talk because your journey is slightly different to uh, to maybe some of the other girls that we talked to and going to drama school and all that kind of stuff. But yours is slightly different. But how how did you find performing? How how did it come into your life? So, growing up, I never was ever told you sh you're going to be a performer, you should be in front of the camera or anything like that. But when I got to my early teens, I feel like I started looking back at old video footage and, you know, with home videos, you know, with proper camcorder stuff. And um, I was just there jumping in front of the camera the whole time and I thought, oh, something's going on here. And my granddad on my mum's side always used to play piano and I used to always stand and try and sing whatever he was playing. Um, but he couldn't read music, he could just feel it on the piano, which I find really inspiring, but I... I've tried to learn the piano and I just can't seem to <laughs> get both hands going at the same time it's and hard. singing along. It's hard. Um, but no, then I knew that I liked performing, but I always did it as a side um, hobby as such. I joined a few musical theatre, like local youth groups and things like that, and never got the lead, lead role, which is fine. You know, it's, it's, that's the way things go and you need everybody in the, in the cast. So I was happy with that. Um, I also was had a good affinity for maths. So I actually followed in my parents' footsteps. With they were both accountants. So I went to Bath University and studied accounting and finance. And in my second year there, uh, someone who was on my course said, I've heard you singing like around the campus. Like you're just wandering around singing. I said, do I? <laughs> she said, yeah, you're just like singing along. You've actually got a voice. I said, oh, I didn't even realize I was singing. They said, we need boys for the musical society at Bath University. They said, just audition. You have to audition to get in. They were doing Footloose. You just have to audition. You just have to sing a couple of bars to get in. Then they'll put you in the ensemble so you don't need to actually do anything on your own. So I said, okay, fine. So I went in and I sang for them. And then they said, can you just try singing this song? And I thought, that's the lead role. <laughs> um, so I tried <laughs> and I got the lead role. So Yay! I mean, I was the only boy to audition. No, I wasn't. <laughs> 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 no, but it was... Uh, it was really good. I played Wren in Footloose and I just found a love for it. But I still thought this is just a hobby, you know, still no one, e even then they didn't say, why aren't you singing for your career, mm. you know? Um, and so when I, I made a deal with my parents that when I finished university, I would try one year at musical theatre school. So I went to London School of Musical Theatre School straight after university um, and got in. And straight after that, saw the audition for Do You Want to Be in a Musical Theatre Boy Band and that was Calabro so I feel wow. so lucky I know I just heard Amy saying about you know you go to 10 auditions and you might not get them and mm -hmm. I know that's a story for so many of my friends as well um, so I sort of need Calabro to keep going <laughs> otherwise <laughs> I'll be in that <laughs> position but but Calabro has changed your life I mean you know this one like you say you see this audition 
in the paper or whatever it, online, Facebook. whatever it is now. <laughs> yeah. God, um, and you know, you just don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen. And it, collaborators came massively, you know, in our, all of our lives. And did you have any idea of what was going to happen or what you were what you were putting yourself into? Do you know what we actually? When we first started, we sang Bring Him Home was the first song we sang together. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really powerful being sung um, with more than one voice. Because obviously you hear it as a solo and you hear Alfie Bow and John Owen Jones absolutely knock it out of the park. And I thought, this is something special. It doesn't need, you know, it, it is enhanced in a way that I didn't realise before. But we were also singing songs like One Direction. We mm. were singing Story of My Life, but done in slowed down or Emily Sanday we were singing stuff like that we didn't really know where to take it um, we actually did a few pontins so we actually sent off a video to um, Britain's Got Talent just to see what they would say and they said come down to the audition so we went to the Hammersmith Apollo on I think it was the 12th of February 2014 and the way they were talking to us, we thought, they're going to mess us up here. They're going to... Because we know Simon hated musical theatre. Mm. And we thought, ah, oh, it's because we were going to sing Bring Him Home because we felt like that was the one that really was best for us. And three days before the audition, we said, let's do Stars. Let's do something a bit different because we feel like everyone... You know, we've heard Bring Him Home before on these shows. Um, so, yeah. So, we got there. They made us get there at 10 a.m., on the day, and we didn't go on stage in front of the audience till 11 p.m. <gasps> oh so my all day, you know, you're being interviewed, but you're watching all these other acts go through. I don't know whether they try and build you up to yeah. see if you'll fail or not. And yeah, we got the four yeses, but then we weren't allowed to tell anyone or do anything until mm -hmm. they decided whether we got through to the semi-finals. And so then we did these Pontins gigs and sang to 20, 30 people, people talking, everything like that. And that's fine, you know, um, but also we still weren't sure what to do with it. We were still singing, we sang some Take That songs, we sang, uh, I'm trying to think what else was you on the you do your Jersey now. Boys stuff quite early or not? Is that no, late? No, Jersey Boys came a bit later on. That was one of Matt's ideas because he, he's seen it 32 <laughs> times or something like that on the West End. He loves it. He knows, he actually, if you say to him, <laughs> Matt, how many times have you seen? He'll say 32 and then start from the script, from the top, <laughs> for like 1945, da 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 da, da. and I don't <laughs> honestly, it just starts doing it. It's like it. a super fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Um, how did you guys meet? Like, how did you get together before Britain's Got Talent? So there was an audition, um, and I didn't know, but Jamie and Matt were behind the brains of it, and they pretended to audition alongside us all. So my audition <laughs> slot, sneaky, yeah. <laughs> my audition slot was, I think, 9 a.m. So, and I wasn't living in London at the time, and I think it was in Ke uh, something, Kentish Town? Does that make sense? And um, so I literally turned up at nine, I thought, oh my goodness, and they made us sing one musical theatre song and one up-tempo pop song. And so I sang Why God from Miss Saigon, and I sang New Shoes, Paolo Nutini, and nice. I walked on my hands because I can... Very do clever. I, yeah, I don't know what this boy band show is. Show my tricks. Yeah, show all my tricks. <laughs> I yeah. could do it. Exactly. I could juggle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then um, they said, that. amazing, can you come back at three o'clock? And I said, three o'clock? It's, it's nine, ten past nine. I thought, mm. okay, fine. And so I thought, I'll hover outside and listen to the next boy go in, which happened to be Tom. Aww. So Tom turns up, he's got his hoops in his ears, <laughs> he's got a tank top on, he's got all his tattoos on show. And I thought, 
wait, what am I auditioning for here? <laughs> and um, so he goes in and he sings, uh, what did he sing? He sang um, Dancing Through Life from did he? Uh, Wicked. And then for his up-tempo pop song, he sang some ballad musical theatre <laughs> song. And he came, came out and said, oh, I'm coming back at three o'clock. And I thought, oh, because he'd actually got his words wrong in Dancing Through Life. <laughs> and I thought, yes. <laughs> I thought that's good and then he said I'm coming back at three anyway we went to a Costa up the road and we just sat and we just chatted and really got on anyway we got back at three o'clock and um, there were about uh, 12 other boys had been called back they got put into different groups of five and got taught these parts for bringing him home and then they kept switching people in and out but Jamie and Matt were always in the group of five. And mm -hmm. I kept thinking, like, oh, they must like them. Um, <laughs> but obviously they were already in. And then Tom kept getting in, and I just kept getting switched out with this other boy. <laughs> I was thinking, please, pick me, pick me. And, um, yeah, so then we sang Bring Him Home. We sang an overtone song as well. And then they said, actually, there were seven of us. They said, we can't decide today. We'll give you a call. <gasps> so we all left. And then I got a call on my mum's birthday, Aww. which is actually the day that we're at the Palladium this <gasps> year. So it's November that. the 3rd is quite good for me. Um, yeah, so that was that. And then I didn't hear anything until December. Um, so that was November the 3rd was the first time we sort of met. And then didn't hear anything till December. And then got told I'd got it. So could we meet on, yeah, the 13th of January. We met for a week to try all these other songs, and then it was the 13th of February that we had our audition. So we'd only actually worked together for a, a month, which is... Wow, that's quick, isn't it? Yeah. And how things have developed? Are you kind of all very involved in, in the shows that you put together and the journey that Calabro take? Or, I mean, you know, Jamie, he's brilliant, and obviously I've toured with you guys, and he is very loud. <laughs> Not loud. He's just very strong. He's strong and and, you've yeah, and he, strong. you know he's he's very confident. And is do you all have your different roles? Is what I'm. I think I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's all changed as well from mm. the moment the first two years. Well, the first year especially, none of us had any idea. None of us had really been on a West End stage. None of us. Um, knew what it was like to be on TV and being interviewed. Mm. And so we only had each other there, but it was all so much fun. We literally thought, yeah, we'll get up at 5 a.m. and go and talk to Lorraine Kelly. Like, <laughs> that was amazing. So, you know, we were sat in hair and makeup, excuse me, sat in hair and makeup thinking, well, we're, this is the life, you know, yeah, this yeah. is what it's all about. And um, so the whole first year just went by a whirlwind and we just had the best time. And I don't think we realized really what the business side of it was at all. Then the second year, we started hearing more about, oh, Simon wants to chat with you because um, he wants to do a second album with you and we need to make sure that you sell this many copies and this and this and, and we're going to do this tour, but we're going to not use these venues now because they weren't profitable. And, and then we started going, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously for me, having done accounting and finance, I felt like I was in a summer school or something. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Just get to <laughs> perform every day, meet amazing people. Um, and yeah, so then it started to change. And then obviously the third year, uh, Richard left the group and Simon Cowell dropped us. So we sort of found ourselves a little bit, oh, there's four of us now. We are more on our own. Um, so actually it was Jamie and I had a conversation and I said, we need to carry this on, you mm. know, keep calm and carry on, you know. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> we set up a record label and did the third album ourselves. We said, we've met all these amazing producers and 
um, musicians and people to work with and we, we knew that the fan base was so strong and we were so grateful to them for constantly sticking with us, collaborators for life. Um, and I love that. <laughs> I love that on the tour. It was I was like a super fan because <laughs> they would just hear you go, "No oh, collaborators." I'm like, oh, "That's so cool!" Brilliant. What are your fans called? Obviously. <laughs> what I meant? What do you call your fans? Sorry. I don't. The, really, I haven't named them. The, I have, you know. The Carriators. No. Okay. We'll work on that. Okay. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Um, no, so then, yeah. So everything. We we. Do you know what? That was the moment where the four of us thought, right. This, although this is the most fun thing ever, we have to think about the business side as well. We want to make sure we're providing the best service for the fans, but also making sure that we are enjoying it in every which way. Mm. Um, so taking yeah. control of it as well, because uh, coming out of a huge show like Britain's Got Talent, where again, when you're thrown onto people's screens, suddenly everybody knows your face, everybody knows your name, mm. you can't go anywhere because everybody's going to stop and have pictures with you. Yeah. Um, it, that's a big game changer. And then to suddenly kind of reclaim your product, you as a, as a team, must have been quite liberating. Yeah, I mean, I think Jamie sums it up a lot in interviews where he says, you know, we had more creative control in that way. We all love musical theatre. If you notice on the first and second album, it's very much the, I don't want to say obvious choices of songs, but we all listened to, you know, at the time, as soon as Dear Evan Hansen came out, as soon as Waitress came out, we were straight on it listening mm. to it before it sort of became mainstream, you know, Six, for example. Mm. And um, so we're thinking, we want to put those songs on the albums, but... That doesn't sell albums, which means if you don't make the money from the albums, no one wants to take you on tour. And obviously we want to tour because we want to sing for the fans, you know. So it's this really strange cycle. Um, yeah. But no, we did, it was liberating actually, and I feel like it was the turning point of how we now work together. I think we are so close. We call each other brothers, mm. but we're not actually family, but we're not just friends no. so it's actually a, a bond that you can't really explain that you have with anybody else you get that though i mean i think that's why your 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 fans are so important because i remember when we toured it was it felt like a family show and you guys that shows on stage you know you all just having fun and kind of going through this emotional journey of a show together and it's so beautiful to watch and, and again just being on stage with you was just so it was just a nice thing to do and that's what we want to do you know we want to yeah. do nice things um what's next for collaborate what's where where are you going what's what's going to happen where so <laughs> yeah so we released our fifth album before the pandemic which was love like this um, and we were actually with sony bmg for that um which was really exciting because we actually went away from musical theater songs and sort of put our spin on love pop songs and it was really nice to do something different, but I think as well, our hearts are always in musical theatre. Mm. So I think moving forward, that's why basically we were going to do the Love Like This tour last October, but because of the pandemic, we had to push it back a year. But then we decided we wanted to rebrand the tour to the Greatest Hits tour so that we could bring in all of the musical theatre songs that everybody mm. was asking for. Yeah. Um, so there will be some songs from the latest album, but mainly we, we want to look back at the first two albums as well. And just, you know, all the lame is, all you know, wicked, all of um, you know, we're doing come what may from um Moulin Moulin. Moulin. God, I don't know why I'm catching my <laughs> breath. I'm just out of breath in your presence, Kerry. <laughs> that's what it is. Um and uh yes, so 
That's actually starting on the 9th of October and goes through to the 6th of November. Brilliant. So we our London date is the Palladium on the 3rd. And, uh, and this, I- this isn't your first time you've played the Palladium, is it? No, it's, it's going to be on our headline tour. It's our third time. Wow. So we've done first, third and fifth tours is the Palladium. Wow. And then the second and fourth was the Royal Albert Hall. That's so amazing. That's, yeah. that's amazing. That's huge. Yeah, and it's 23 dates. So um, get your tickets now. Yay! <laughs> amazing. So um, you guys all do also your own stuff own things like Jamie's got his production company and you know you is that intentional that you guys go off and do your it's like you know when take that go and do their solo albums is what is it intentional that you do you have those conversations and go right let's do our own thing or do you have those things just alongside um yes and no I think obviously we all want the best for each other whatever that is Jamie like you say he's very strong and driven and he got presented with the opportunity to work with Eliza Jackson, and so he took it. Um, so hence Lambert Jackson was formed. And actually, it's been amazing for Calabro because the shows like Love at the Musicals, that was all a Lambert Jackson production. And I know moving forward, Jamie wants to create opportunities for us as well. Um, and he gets double whack, Money. doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Happy days. But uh, I think there's a, there's a line, though, isn't there, where are you going to enjoy one or the other more? And then how can you enjoy being on stage if you're worrying about if everyone's doing their jobs right and things mm. like that? So, but he's doing amazing at the moment. Um, Tom likes, you know, to just play Game Boys and PS4 and stuff like that. So he enjoys any downtime he gets. And he mm. does a lot of live streaming and, um, I don't know, there's another word for it, I think, with gaming. Y- yes, but I remember him doing it, and we had this little tour bus, and he was like hardcore gaming, like chatting to people. I was like, what? But now my kids do it. I'm like, oh, I get it now. They're talking to people online, they're yeah. filming each other. It's uh, massive, though. It's oh, he's a amazing huge thing. at it. He's brilliant at it. And um, yeah, I think if that's your, his passion outside of the band, then amazing that he can do that. I think as well, just going back to what you were saying about the personalities, you need some people in the group to be a bit more reserved and take a step back because if all four of us were going we want to do this we want to do that you know whereas it's sort of just (laughs) me and Jamie argue and then Matt sort of goes I agree with this one (laughs) and And Tom goes yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's great that you're all so individual though you're all so different you are like you are like family it's like yeah I think what's great I think people always say oh were you friends before and I say we weren't actually but what's great is that we do all have different interests we do all have you know, different likes and dislikes. So that works because, say, for example, um, you know, Jamie wants to do his productions company. I want to do sort of presenting, and I, I host a Sunday Sessions show, which is like a cabaret show. And I even today on my Instagram, I'm doing a game show Sunday where I go live and um, let the fans come on and do a sort of general knowledge quiz and they can win. Um, I've got um, a partnership with Molly Moo's Choose, which is a uh, sweets box, so they can win that. And it's just nice. I like okay. to be in front of the camera. <laughs> 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 so that's my sort of passion. I know Matt loves to do, um, he does a lot of live stream mm. shows from his own living room. He's just got his voice I could listen to all day. Oh, his voice. And he loves sort of swing music as well, mm. so he can do all that. And then Tom, like I say, is with gaming. So we all, no one's treading on anyone's toes. Although they always say to us, they say, which one of you would go on Strictly Come Dancing? Or which mm. one of you would go... And we all look at each other like, pick me. <laughs> would you like to do some of that kind of yes. reality stuff, would you? I always say... Which one? Which one would be the top hitter? 
Strictly. You do? Yeah. I think Strictly... You can move then. You, of course you can move. I've seen well, you Well, it's, it's funny because I obviously I did one year at um, London School of Musical Theatre, but I feel that was 10 years ago mm. almost, and I feel like not having had any real training, I feel I can sort of move. You know, we do the Jersey Boys routine. Yeah. And, and I just find it fun. I feel like it would be learning a new skill um, and having the discipline of that as well, I think would be really, really great. You, as you, you were, you know, you started out as a musical theatre group. Have any of you wanted to go down that musical theatre route on your own, like as a, as a, like get into a show, do yeah, a show? It's interesting. Um, actually, in our second year, um, I got asked to audition for Fiero in Wicked, and I went to the audition just to see, and they said um, we would like to see you again um, for finals but we were in Japan. So I said, I, my diary isn't there. So I didn't actually get the job. Um, so we'll never know. But <laughs> Calabro was doing so well, I didn't want to even think about that. And I know that Jamie has been in to sing for Javert. Um, so there's lots of scope mm. to do things in the future, but we love Calabro. Yeah. And we'd have to make sure, you know, there's these are your teammates, you know. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone were to get anything. Obviously, Matt performed um, literally across the road at the Coliseum, the Pirate Queen. That's right. So if there are opportunities that fit around our schedule, of course, we absolutely want people to take them. Um, and it's tricky at the moment, because with everything happening in the world, things aren't getting booked in as much. And no, it's Are we free? Are we not? And mm. then suddenly we'll get an email through saying, are you free in July 2023? Or I something know. like that. And you go... Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like. It's awful. It's really hard at the moment because we, we're just constantly like juggling, which yeah. is which is crazy. But I guess there's time for that as well. And like you say, you've you've put so much into the band and, and it's doing so well. You kind of have to ride that wave and then there's time to go off and, and yeah, do definitely. your own things. My only issue is I feel the roles that I would have wanted to aspire to play getting a bit too old for now <laughs> for example hairspray is one of my dream shows and i sort of was just mentioning it in passing um to someone who's working on the show and they said oh you're too old for links now <laughs> i said what they said but you're too young for corny so you can come back in a few years <laughs> like, okay. it's a dark time when you move over that casting bracket <laughs> um what's oh i want to talk to you about your fitness i mean we, cool. we joked about it a little bit to start with but um you know, you you put you obviously look amazing, and obviously put a lot into your um, fitness. Is was that a conscious choice because of what you were doing, or was it something you just thrived on doing? For me, it makes me feel good. You know, as I, the older yeah. I get, I realise I need to stay a bit fitter. When I was younger, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Whereas now, I realise the benefits of it. And when you start seeing all your friends in that, you know, running and going to the gym, and I know we have a public. You know, you don't. You want to look your best and feel your best when you're in front of people, and it gives you confidence. Yeah. Is that the same for you, or is it? So interesting. I don't think I've ever thought of it. I've never ever felt I need to get in shape for the career that I do. For the calendar, I I'm just going to put it. I'm <laughs> just going to put it out there. Calendar shoots. The done, calendar. So <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the calendar, have a look. There's some abs in there. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, it's literally either completely topless or in a full suit. <laughs> so I don't know which month you prefer, but but no, I don't know. It's it's a strange one. I've always sort of enjoyed fitness. When I was growing up, I used to always be. Um, I swam a lot actually. I used to swim for Hampshire, and then I also played rugby for Hampshire. 
Um, so swimming and rugby, and I just used to love any type of sport, badminton, mm. rounders, whatever it was that anyone was doing, I'd say, oh, I'll give you a go, you know. Um, so that, I suppose that's just ingrained in me. And then when we were touring and everything, I think you are conscious of people making comments about your appearance. You know, in meet and greets, for example, someone might say, oh, I don't like your haircut, or, and th that can h hit you, and <laughs> you sort of go, okay. You don't expect it. So maybe there is a subconscious part of me that thinks that, but at the moment with my running, it's um, basically my sister was saying she wanted to do a marathon, and I, and I said, well, I'll do it with you then. So uh, Are you gonna do the marathon? We're doing, so on the 3rd of October is the London Marathon, but we didn't get a place, but you can do it virtually. So yeah. as long as you sign into the app, apparently you can, as long as you run the 26 miles. So we've got this training plan, which is why I started, which when you first saw, just slowly building up every, it's 32 weeks. I think we're 20 weeks in now. Wow. So yeah, so every other week I'm running at least a half marathon. <sighs> that's hard, mentally, that's so, d it's, mm. m I think running is all about mental strength. Cause yeah. I literally start off and go, I can't do it, I can't <laughs> do it, I can't do it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. But good for you, though, to keep going. Do you have to, do are you, because uh, sometimes to get into the marathon, don't you have to be sponsored or, I guess, because yeah, so you're doing it virtually? Yeah, so I think we're just doing it on our own. Um, I think if you want to actually be in London, you have to be sponsored. But, but no, fitness, I think it's actually, I get a lot of questions from the fans about, what should I do to try mm. this? And I think I just posted yesterday that I was at the gym. And I, I love talking to people about it even though i'm not an expert in it so i feel i'm always learning as well it's and passionate yeah just passionate about it that's brilliant that's really good um what's 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 been the best moment what's been the highlight so far oh, obviously being so here with me yes. i mean i know that is no, do you know what? It's, <laughs> it's so interesting there are so many things and the one that always comes to mind so i probably said this in another interview but we um, got asked to be special guest to Barry Manilow on his mm. arena tour. So we Clang. did, yeah, I know. We did um, Leeds Arena, Manchester Arena, Birmingham Arena, and then three nights at the O2 Arena. And the fans, his fans are amazing. And they actually had these green glow sticks and we sang Defying Gravity. And you know, there's a little gap before the, the end. And every night the boys let me say, O2 Arena, get the lighters, lighters in the air? I don't know <laughs> what I said. Get your glow sticks in the air. And um, this whole sea of 15,000 green wow. glow sticks just went up. And I just felt, wow. I just, I thought, you're all here for Barry Madeleine, but it's okay. <laughs> um, no, and that was a real, real highlight. And I just think being so lucky, you know, with Cliff Richard, we were special guests on his open air tour as well. So that was amazing to meet all his fans. And then we've got his fans now come and watch our show. And I think that's what it's all about, you know, sharing, you know, hopefully from you being on our tour, you'll probably now got... Kerry Collaborators. Oh, I love it. And what's, what's been, um, I love Baza, mind you, he's amazing. Um, what's, what's been the toughest point so far? Oh no, I heard you ask this. Um, I don't know if you're gonna ask me. Uh, it's tricky, I feel like, the hard, there's not really been a moment where I've just gone, no, I don't, I can't believe this is happening to us. Um, but I do feel, I wish for the first two years I'd not known what I know now, but just 
taken it in much more because I think I was just such in this euphoric place of, wow, this is fun, this is fun. I sort of didn't acknowledge it. You know when you go on holiday when you're younger and you think, oh, this is just super fun, and then later on you go, gosh, I was so lucky to go on holiday as a child and things like yeah. that. I feel like that's where I'm at now. And I think the hardest part is feeling, I think with um, a normal, normal career, you start here and you work your way and you work your way and you get somewhere. Whereas with us, we were thrust up there. Mm. And that's so lucky and we feel so grateful. But the only way feels like down. So you have to just keep pushing and keep carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I feel sometimes I do get a little bit like, oh, I really wish, you know, for example, we've never performed as special guests on Strictly or, mm. um, when we first won the show, uh, Simon said he was going to take us over to AGT to be special guests, and that didn't ever happen. But then you feel a bit like ungrateful, you know, because yeah, that's all amazing I mean. things. Mm. So it's hard to get that balance. But obviously, you want every opportunity. You know, you want to think, you want to feel wanted to be at events and doing things. But it can't always be the way, you know. Yeah, oh, it's been so amazing talking to you. I really Thank appreciate you. you coming in today. It's just so wonderful for you to give us your time. I'm going to ask you one final question that I ask all my special guests. <laughs> if you could look back on your 20-year-old self, and I mean, not that you're much older than 20, um, and yeah. give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Well, I was, I heard you ask this earlier, and I did originally think, right, when I was 20, it was 2010, and that was the year that One Direction were on X Factor, so I'd tell myself to audition for that, because then I could be in One Direction. Um, You'd have been great in One I Direction. I would have been great in One Direction, <laughs> I know. Who would have I replaced? Let's not go there. Okay, so, <laughs> but I think it's so tricky, because since my 20th birthday, everything's changed. You know, at that point, I was working on my placement year for PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, thinking that was going to be my career path, you know. Um, what would I say? Uh, I always like to think anything that's happened, good or bad, has led you to this exact point. So you should never think about changing anything. Just learn from it and then use that information moving forward. Amazing. Oh, Michael, you've been such a joy. <laughs> Thank nice you. Nice to see you. I, I know, like so lovely. We on FaceTime we and things do. like that. So <laughs> nice to see you. And um, all the best with whatever's coming up with Calabro. Thank you. Keep an eye out for them. Go and see them. Go and support them because they're magical and I adore you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Please give up much. for Michael. Thank you. Wow, what about that? And what a, such a gem he is. He's so lovely. Please uh, go and support them. I know they're going back on tour. Uh, very soon so please go and see them because they are really wonderful you never know i might even pop up at the occasional <laughs> show so if you enjoyed that one well i reckon we have time for one more chat what do you think well it's our very own pretty woman starring in the show itself in london's west end right now pretty woman please welcome the beautiful amy atkinson how are you thank you for being here Again, I really appreciate you coming in because I know you're super busy at the moment. You know, you're doing rehearsals and you, you know, you're about to do a show that you've done before, but you are going back, which is really exciting. But um, how have you been? How has how has your last year been? 
No, no. You know what? It was uh, at the start of the year. It was really uh, stressful and tough and really overwhelming. And I always say, you know, when you what we do, we love it so much. It mm. becomes a part of who you are. So when you're not doing it anymore, you kind of lose yourself. You don't know what to do. You don't know who you are. Um, so for the first, you know, month or so, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But then I just kind of kicked into, I'm going to do all the things. Just going to do all of the things. And we started doing dance classes, which some of you came to, which is amazing. Oh. Um, well, on so Zoom? On Zoom. <gasps> Good old Zoom. We Zoom, Zoom dance class. classes. How yes. was that? Was that weird? Like suddenly performing on a screen. Was that strange? Do you know what? It, 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 it wasn't because it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. And to see that people were actually coming to mm. the class was like, wow, whoa, oh, okay. And it became, for me and my housemate, um, Gribby, we did it together, it became like our um, our staple of the week, mm. which gave us, um, you know, something to look Focus. forward to. And that was so important because every single day of our lives, obviously, is so crazy. Yeah. We've got something to do, some place to be, something to learn or whatever it is. So to not have any of that, but have the dance class on a Saturday, we had two eventually, was just, it was great. So not only were, you know, people happy to be in it, I was happy to have something to do. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> weird, know? isn't it? It was weird. Cause, again, because our lives are so chaotic and hectic mm. to suddenly stop completely. Mm. And this whole work from home doesn't really work for us when you have to work in a theatre with lots no. of people. And it's really difficult. But what was amazing was how creative people got and like you came up with your dance classes i was doing a bit of singing online and people were live streaming and it was it, people were getting creative regardless yeah. of re the restrictions that we had um there were some outdoor concerts that kind of happened um <laughs> but that was really inspiring and and i you know really hats off to the people that did it and survived it i loved watching I love. So, I mean, I love social media for so many reasons, but just to stalk my friends and people that I know is wonderful, and just to watch you with your dogs just <laughs> made my day. Um, and I mean, where is your love? Have you always had dogs? I mean, no. I'm a I'm a big dog lover. No, what do you mean? No, you've got three of them. I know. There's something <coughs> wrong with me. I can't stop. Um, no, I, I I always when I was a kid, my biggest dream was to be in musicals, but my other biggest dream was to have all the dogs. <laughs> so now that I'm older and I can't get told you can't have dogs, <laughs> I now have three dogs and they are just my life. Aww. I just love them so much and they enrich my life so much. I feel every time I wake up in the morning, I'm so happy because they're so happy and it just makes life so much better. And does it keep you quite active because you're, you know, you're super yeah. fit and yeah. you go out with them all the time? I love it and I love walking. I love being mm. outside. So it, it obviously makes you do that, which is great. Oh, amazing. Um, so how's rehearsals? You're about to start Pretty Woman or go start rehearsals again, because obviously yeah. you opened, was it in March you opened? Yeah, February, yes. But we'd only did, we only did two weeks. Only two we weeks? Only two weeks. <gasps> <laughs> oh, no. So it was kind of strange going back into rehearsals because we hadn't had that time for it to fully, like, sink in mm. and, you know, become, like, second nature. So... I'm so pr proud of myself. They actually came back to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Wow. I remember what I'm doing. It's so a long time, a year. A time. Yeah, it's a very long time. Such a long time. Did you have to? Have you had to relearn, like the dialogue and everything? It kind of came back. Did I was it? so confused because I'm not one of those. You know, some performer. You might be this, but it's not me. Where you've done a show like seven years ago and you remember all the comedy. No, it's definitely not me. I can't. I don't remember the ones I'm in, let alone the ones <laughs> I haven't. <done. laughs> 
So I just, I'm not that person. I'm like, as soon as it's done, it's gone. Mm. Like everyone always says to me, you know, if you got called back into six, what would it be like? It would be anxiety central. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Um, but yeah, I was really shocked at myself. I thought, oh wow, that's really cool. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I feel really comfortable and that's just so excited. Good. It's like those dreams, isn't it? When you kind of turn up, mm. oh, I have these dreams when you turn up on the stage and you have no idea what you're saying. You yeah. can't find your costume. Um, yeah. See, we're all neurotic <laughs> as performers. Um, uh, talking about six, I'm gonna jump about a bit really with you, but talking about six, six was your first kind of big was it your West End debut? Am I that right? Yeah, 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 it was. And how was that for you? Is it because you'd done lots of other stuff before? You'd done yeah. lots of pantos and and Legally Blonde. You'd done lots of shows, but this mm. was a this was a bit of a game changer for you. Yeah. And Six was a slow burn, wasn't it? Because you went up to uh, up to Scotland yeah. and did a bit of a tour up there. You tell yeah. me. Oh, I don't need to tell you. <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> yeah, it's really. It's amazing when I look back now because and and lots of people already know this, but. You know, I've been in the industry for a very long time. I think it's like 17 years now. Um, and I've done all the tours, like you said, all the pantos, all the regional stuff, and it's been amazing. But there was a part of my life where I went, you know what, I can't really continue, because I always wanted to be in the West End. I mean, that's, that's the dream, isn't it? And to originate a role and all of that. And it wasn't really happening for me, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go off, I'm going to go and do my own thing. And I ended up doing uh, a show on cruise ships, so I was doing my own show and traveling you know the world and all of that and it was fabulous and then kind of out of the blue um i got a call from paul taylor mills would you come and do this show called in the heights and i hadn't been doing musicals for three years i was just off doing my own thing and i was kind of no i'm happy with that i don't mm. want to do musicals anymore they don't want me so i'm off <laughs> um, and um so I thought, oh my gosh, I'd always wanted to be in In the Heights. It was a big, big, the role as well. Was just Perfect role for you. Perfect. I just loved it. So that kind of propelled me back into musicals. And I thought, I had the best time on it. I really did have the best time. And I really kind of, I just, I loved it. And it, it instilled that love for theatre again in me. And, um, but then after that, I didn't do anything again. I couldn't get auditions. I didn't have an agent. I was really, really struggling. So I went back on cruise ships again. And then out of the blue, I got a call about this show called Six, which honestly sounded like the silliest thing I'd ever heard um, <laughs> about Henry VIII's wives. They're a pop group. And I thought, oh, mm, gosh, OK, then. Um, and uh, I went for the audition and that was it. I got it. But it was such a big decision to do because... Mm. There was no money, and I know life is not always about money, but at the time I was doing really well on cruise ships. I was kind of forging that sort of career for yeah. myself, and I thought, this is really stable. I can buy the house, you know, I can do, I can be a normal person. Um, and six was, there was, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know if it was any good. Um, there was no money in it. And it wasn't going to open in London straight no, away. You were we going to have to go away. We were doing six shows. All it was was six shows at the Arts Theatre. That was it. That was it. And, and I don't... Well, actually, I do know why. Sorry, I'm really going on. No, go. It's talk. a great story. It's, good. it's great. Because my best friend, John, I was like, John, what am I going to do? Um, you know, I've been offered this thing called Six. It sounds a bit weird, but kind of cool. I don't know. Um, but I've been offered all these cruises for the next year. Like, the money or the creativity, what do I do? And he went, oh, I don't know. We're talking about it all night. Anyway, he went for a shower. Sorry, this is a very long story. Um, <laughs> and I'm sitting there in his living room. And swear to God, some people have seen this video, but on the telly, it was that, um, oh, I don't know, The Chaser or one of those programmes, a quiz show. And it said... Who was the fifth wife of Henry VIII, A, Anne Boleyn, blah, 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 Catherine Howard? And I went, 
I literally lost my mind. <laughs> and I thought, I have to do it. There's, there's a reason why I have to do it. And as we all know, it completely changed my life. I wouldn't be where I am now if it hadn't been for six. So I feel like someone was really looking down and saying, no, no, this is it. You know, this is the one. It's amazing. Um, and it was. It's amazing. You know, we talk about the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and, you know, for, and being lucky. And uh, for, for me, I think... It's not about luck. It's, you know, you forged your own career. You've done so much work. You really, you know, paid your dues and, and, and done all the shows and, and, and we're still finding your love for it. And, and a financial kind of reward is, is huge. You have to suddenly support yourself. And then you, because you, you you're constantly weighing up, what am I doing, where am I going, you know, can I live like this? To then take, to then take a risk on a show that's going to, Again, this is a short. It's a short thing to to not do the sh- the cruise ships. Is a big risk and it's yeah. a big it's a big big jump. But thank God you did. Also weighing up because you've done lots of, of things before. It was quite a young company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not saying that you're old what at all. <laughs> not saying you're. <laughs> you're um, but again, taking a risk on a show like that and knowing you're going to have to go away. How was that? Did, were you like, this is, is this kind of last chance saloon or, or were you just invested? I just thought, I always kind of just throw myself into everything and I kind of look at it um, as if, you, if you're doing this, you're doing it. You yeah. know, there's no like, oh, I wish, you, you know, none of that. So I just kind of really threw myself into it and had the best, you know, two years of my life. Um, yeah. And how was Scotland? Because I remember hearing about this, because I missed all the, all the excitement when it was in, at the arts, and then I remember hearing about this show that had gone up to Scotland and that was making noise and, ma- and people were talking about it and it, it, you had nothing. You didn't have, it was all really stripped back, wasn't it? But suddenly, like, this album was getting played everywhere and you guys were, like, in the charts and hitting record numbers with, with this tiny little show that had gone up to the... Uh, um, the uh, what's it called? The, the fringe. The, the fringe. Festival, thank yeah. you. The festival. Um, how did you guys know you would that there was something special happening, or were you just in it? We, it's such a strange one to try and pinpoint. Everyone's like, you know, when when was that moment? And and it wasn't when we were in Edinburgh because Edinburgh is like a different beast. Um, you know, people are always drunk. So you know, it, it's I've like college that, campus. It is. <laughs> Everyone's like, it's amazing. And I've been there three times. Once with a a hit. Uh, Eurobeat, which was a big, big, big hit of the festival, and once with a no, I shouldn't say this. I won't say what it was, but it wasn't <laughs> a hit, right? So I've seen both sides, and both times the audience were like, "It's amazing." So actually, you couldn't, you couldn't really tell. It was hyped at the festival, but that never, sometimes doesn't translate back here mm. in the West End, you know. So we weren't sure until we got back to the arts how London audiences were really going to take it. Um, but the moment that we went oh wow, oh god, this is, this is a thing, was we did West End Live and, you know, the album had just come out. It was only out for a week or so before we did West End Live and everyone was kind of singing the songs back at us and I felt like I was a Spice Girl. Mm. <laughs> and we, when we left the West End Live to go back to the theatre, we couldn't get back because mm. we were just like mobbed by all these, you know, amazing um, young fans and we were like, what is happening? We all... When we got back to the theatre, we just sat there like, what's going on? And then obviously the album just like plummet, you know, it was just, and it spiralled from there. And then was there a, a change when it suddenly, when it came into the West End or, and 
it came to the arts to do a, a, a really long run. What did you feel that change? You'd go, right, we're now in the West End, we're, you know, the show's stepping up. Was there, was there a different atmosphere with the show? I think there was definitely a pressure. There was definitely a pressure there. Once it became like six, oh my God, it's this massive you know, phenomenon and this big hit, I think we all felt that, whoa, okay, we have to live up to the hype. Expectation, yeah. Which was actually quite, uh, sometimes quite overwhelming. And the girls and I, like, we weren't really social media people. Like, I was never really on social media. You are now. Do you know what I mean? Queen of the socials. But at the time, (laughs) I would, you know, take pictures of my food. I was one of those people. Mm. That was it. So, and with the show came this whole other social media side, which was all incredible like it's amazing like the the messages we get obviously there's some horrible ones in there too but it was even for it being so nice the the quantity of it was quite a lot and I think that and the pressure of the show living up to the hype was quite a lot to deal with and that sounds really awful because it was an amazing experience but um we none of us had ever had that before and there's no, it, it comes from nowhere and there's no day off yeah. and suddenly it's like, right, you're on and that's it. There's no let up. You have to just be putting out content and talking yeah. to people. <laughs> and, and also then the, I remember actually, I came to your opening night and I remember yes, just, I, I, again, it just felt like I was at a rock concert. It felt like I was watching the Spice Girls and I remember just being, I didn't know much about the show and just being blown away by something that was so different and so unique and that made me feel like I just had the best night ever. And I was like, this is unusual. It's a different kind of show. And, it, and it's great how people are just absorbing it and getting involved. And it's great to see it just, you know, flying and going to Broadway and touring and doing brilliant things. And for all of you as well, it's really put all of you on the map. You know, everybody knows who all of you are. And also, I love the the sisterhood with it I love the you know you're all really positive and you it's all really inclusive and everybody that's in the show the the standbys the the new people that come into the show it's it's a really embracive show I love that I think that's great really good message especially for young people now um was there then a pressure because when you're in such a, a hyped show like that for what's next because I remember coming out of like wicked and people are going right what are you going to do next and there's like oh god it's kind of out of your hands because if if a show's available or or, you know if you're wanted or whatever so that's quite difficult how did how was that for you I mean obviously you nailed it but we'll we'll get to that (laughs) it was I was really scared I think it's yeah I was really terrified to leave the show because up until that point in my life no one had ever really taken me that seriously. I wouldn't really... I'd kind of always get to the finals of auditions and then I'd be the one that never got it. That was kind of what would happen. I'd do ten rounds of auditions, and wouldn't get it. I'd do another ten, I wouldn't get it. And I just got kind of got in my head, well, it's not going to happen. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving six? Because this is amazing and, you know, what? nothing's going to happen for you. And I didn't... I kind of spiralled down that road of, I don't... You know, what are you doing? Um, but I knew that I had to take the risk... Otherwise, I would have stayed in it forever. And not that that's a bad thing. I would have had a lovely time. But it was, it was then or never, mm. you know? So um, I'm really proud of myself, again, for actually taking the leap because I was terrified, absolutely terrified. And then how did 
Pretty Woman come about? Did you just get the audition and go for it? Or did, was there any conversations? Or how did that happen? I, so I saw Sam Barks do something on Broadway. She sang one of the songs on the show. And I went, oh my God, I'd love to do that. Like it's, you know, a rock score. It's, you know, it's a, com it's a romance. It's a comedy. It's right up my street. I'd love to do that. Um, and I remember talking to my manager and saying, oh, please, you know, I knew it was auditioning. Can I get an audition? And... I could I couldn't get an audition. <laughs> I couldn't get one. And I thought, oh, here we go again. This is this is what's going to happen again. I won't be able to get seen. And I just let it go. Um, and then Jerry Mitchell came to see Six, and he was a massive fan of the show, but he was a massive fan of the part that I played. He'd like send me videos of him, you know, like singing along in his house. And I was like, wow. oh my god, like Jerry Mitchell is like <laughs> <Can you know? laughs> crazy. So. I'm, I actually don't really know what happened, but he got me in, and um, that was it. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, and and how was the opening of it? You know, suddenly you're play again, a little bit like we were I was talking to CJ earlier. Suddenly, it's it's you, it's your face everywhere. It was that different to being in your girl group, in your you know your six, your your female super group together. Suddenly, it's bam, it's your face on on the tube. That must have been. It must have been a real moment for you, especially, again, because you'd really, you'd tread your boards, you'd done it for 17 years, and then suddenly, bam. Yeah, it was, it was really surreal, and I think, actually, I couldn't quite process anything that was happening, because you know what it's like, it's just chaos, mm. chaotic, you know, you're doing press, and then you're in tech, and then you're doing, the, you have no time to think about anything. So I was just, again, just going along for the ride, like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, you know, all the things. So actually, when the pandemic happened <laughs> and now I've had a year and a half to think about it all um, <laughs> it was great a lovely time mm. but I couldn't process anything because it was just a massive whirlwind obviously fantastic but it was just crazy so you yeah. might actually have time to yeah. enjoy it I now know. and take yeah. in every moment um tell me what's your story with Eurovision <laughs> I, I mean I read this and I was like I, I couldn't really find out much information but tell me about your connection with Eurovision I love the Eurovision <laughs> didn't like you do dream. it though no I wish. Oh. No, it's my dream to be in the Eurovision. Um, no, I was in a girl group called Goldstone. That's what it was. We auditioned for, you know, they do like a, uh, a competition before like the Eurovision. Ah, that's so what we it is. That. We did not win. Very, very sad about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's my connection. Ah, I, I see. Love it. Never I too love late. Maybe, too maybe late. next year. Maybe. Um, and music for you, because obviously music is a big part of your life. Is there, can we, are we going to see any music coming from you? Is there an album coming? Are you, is it something you want to dabble in? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. There's things, there's things happening. Obviously, me and the girls of six. Yes. The seven of us. Like, so there was Grace, who was our alternate. So we formed a group in the pandemic and, oh, we've been having the best time. Honestly, it's been so amazing to be back with them and writing and recording and mm. all of that. So, yeah, there's things, things happening. Which is amazing. Where can they find that? Nowhere yet, but um, I mean, actually, we are on Spotify, but none of our original stuff is there yet. But it's all it's all coming in. But we're called SBN, so it's like seven, but cooler. <laughs> I love that. I love right? that. Um, a couple more before I let you go, um, because I could talk to you for ages. <laughs> what's been What's been your highlight so far? Oh, gosh, I think for me it was the Olivier's because I never thought in my life that I would ever be in that position. Um, you know, surrounded by people that I've always admired and up against people that I've always admired. So it was a real, like, pinch-me moment. 
I thought, wow, I'll never, ever forget it. That was incredible. Amazing. And, and what's been the toughest moment? What's been your lowest moment? Oh, so many. <laughs> there's, there's more of them. There's more of them. Oh, Do we need another podcast yeah, for that? Yeah, we need a whole other show for whole that. episode. <laughs> lowest moment. Um, I think... Uh, after I did In the Heights, which was such an incredible experience, and then realizing that, because you know this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what show you've been in. After Pretty Woman, I could come out of Pretty Woman and never ever work again. That's just kind of how it kind of works, you know. Um, so I left In the Heights. I thought this is it. I've just done this amazing role. You know, loads of people came to see it, and and nothing happened. And I, I that that was a real struggle for me. I think mentally, I thought. If I can't do this now, I'm never, ever going to do it. So it took me so much to kind of get out of that mentality and go, no, no, you can, you can, you can. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned is just keep going. Even when it feels like it's really, really tough and, and you've got nowhere to turn, sometimes out of the blue, something will just happen. And it always does. Right when you're right down there, <laughs> something will come and just like invigorate your life again. So if you're ever feeling like that, Trust me, I know it's really hard, but something will come, mm. you know. Is there anything that you, that you haven't done that you want to do? Is there anything on the bucket list to kind of, or a show to tick? There's not a show, actually. There's not a show. I, well, I always wanted to be in Wicked, but now I think, hell no, I'm not singing that eight times a week. Absolutely not. Smart move. Yeah, right? But when I was younger, yeah. obviously, I used to look up to you and be like, oh, my God, you know, I want to be her. Um, no, thank you. Um... But so there's not there's not a show on my list, but I just want to keep doing creative things. Yeah, amazing. You know, just keep doing it. Amazing. And we have to ask you one final question before I let you go. That I ask all my special guests: if you could look back on your 20 year old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? <laughs> I would say. When I was younger, when I started in the industry, I was very, very shy. I was a very shy person. It took me quite a lot to kind of come out of my shell and just really kind of go for it. And I mean that on every aspect, socially and in performance. So I feel like I never really let myself really be my true self because I was so shy. And I wish I'd realised earlier that you can make mistakes, especially in like a rehearsal room or an audition. It, it doesn't really matter. As long as you fully go for something, um, you know, that's the best that you can do. So I, I wish I could go back and be the person I am now because mm. I don't care anymore, yeah. you know. I just go in and go, this is it. And if it's bad, it's bad. And I don't mind, but I used to care. Do you know what I mean? I think you have to go through that, though. To yeah, get, you you have to go through all that process to get where you are, yeah. to kind of be be okay with who you are. Yeah. And I think that allows you to do that. Yeah. Amy, you've been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being Thank here today. You. Please go and see her in Pretty Woman because yes, she's going to be amazing. And uh, have a wonderful show, and we'll see you soon. Ooh, thank you thank so you. much. Give it up for Amy. Thank you, everyone. Well, that's it. I can't believe it. We are wrapped and that is season four tied up in a little bow and posted off. Dare I say for Christmas. I can't believe I've even posted about Christmas recently. I've got lots of gigs coming up at the Pheasantry and in uh, I've got one in Cardiff, in Belfast uh, and, and some big orchestral ones all over uh the UK too so please have a little look out for me uh, all the details are on my website kerryellis.com and you can come and see me live 
I'm all over the place. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me this season. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Um, I've had an absolute ball. Thank you to all my guests. My special guests today, lovely Michael, CJ and Amy. Um, and of course, all the brilliant people who have spoken to me throughout the season. Thank you all. It's been really wonderful. Of course, a massive thank you to my producer, who I wouldn't be here without. He's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Martin, for putting all this together and being so wonderful and brilliant. Um, and of course, thank you, the listeners. You're amazing. I just, I'm blown away by your support and your love and how many people are just loving the podcast. Okay, I'm gushing far, far too much. Um, thank you for being with me. Hopefully I will see you again very soon uh, with a season five. Um, we've got lots of plans in the pipeline so hopefully um we will bring back another smashing season of brilliant chats to keep you company reach out to me if you've enjoyed it send me some messages hit subscribe if you have not listened to the rest of the seasons one two and three because uh, there's some great chats uh, that you may have missed and um and i'll see you again for season five take care and don't forget keep calm and carry on <laughs> <laughs>